The following is a production of Art Trap Productions and is made possible in part by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash British Sci-Fi. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also brought to you by Doctor Who Podshock, the premier international and oldest Doctor Who podcast. Check it out at podshock.net. The Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. With Dave Cooper. And myself, Louis Trapani. Sorry, those are done. Now the categories have been finalized. It clears the way for a lot of legislation. Categories? What categories? The categories of life. Dr. Juarez, I was right. I knew you'd call me back. Oh, I'm doing a lot more than that. I'm joining the cause. So the old army barracks closed down in 1996, reopened two days ago, designated an official overflow camp. That's where they've taken your father. And that's where you're going to get him out. I need to remove a patient. It's urgent. His name is Geraint Wynne Cooper. He's had a heart attack, but he's recovering. We have cholera and dysentery and swine flu, and every single patient needs immediate definition under the three categories. So it's a lockdown. No one is allowed in and no one is allowed out. We'll find another way, Gwen. Yes, and I'll tell you what it is. We're going to break in here, we're going to find my father, and we're going to get him out tonight. Vera, this is Jack Harkness. He likes to call himself Captain Jack, but I'm not buying that. And that's the you've already met. This is everything we've gathered so far. You're researching morphic fields. Yeah, that's Jack's favorite subject. It kept getting mentioned on the medical panels, but it's only theory. Let's figure out how these categories work. Category one is bad. Yes? Yeah, that's people with no brain function or anyone who would normally have died. They're now officially category one. Ordinary people are category three? Right. Then category two is everyone in between. People who are alive and functioning with an illness or injury that's going to persist but not kill. Like me. The government now has the power to decide whether you're dead or alive. This is our nearest overflow camp in San Pedro. No module. There's a module on the plans, but not on the photos. So we need to get inside the camp to find out what those modules are. Infiltration is specialized work, and this time, I'm pulling rank. I'm the only one that can get to the heart of this Category 1 thing. You know why? Because I've got this. got this pain in my chest. It's killing me. To take him to the overflow facility in San Pedro. You look after him. I love him. He's on his way. Right. I'm going to follow. Any trouble, I can help get her out. Okay, I'm going with you. I don't know. I could be your assistant. We told you. Not a chance. That assassin said that you're too connected. And besides, you're too fragile, mortal man. Mm-hmm. 
He's his own category, Category Jack. Welcome to The Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. Welcome back, I should say. And, um, well, you could be joining us for the first time as well, so welcome to the show. This is Louis Trapani, and joining me across the pond is none other than the the, the great and not not late... <laughs> <laughs> not uh, then again that that term is useless now at miracle day dave cooper i thought you were saying the great and the good then but no yes um I, i'm sorry i missed that uh, uh that is in his own category I'm trying to keep those clips to a, a oh, minimum time limit. yeah no i, I realize yes. yeah um and i'm uh, category four i think called uh pass my sell by date <laughs> oh my <laughs> Yeah, we can have some fun with categories for sure. Indeed. So we're back. Good to be here. And we're talking about Torch, uh, Torchwood Miracle Day, which is uh, the latest. Well, the I always stumble across this because it's it's it was the latest up until Friday, at least in the states episode, which is um, episode five, categories of life, and it premiered just on BBC in the UK on Thursday. So it's the latest. On, you're still in the in the UK, and I really, um, for for this show's sake, I really wish that you know they were closer together instead of being a week apart. Because um, I think what's happening is that listeners, you know, people that have been following the show have already moved on to the next episode when we're reviewing this episode. And we, and again, I said it from the beginning that we, you know, we did it this way so that we could be inclusive to everyone in the UK. And of course, it's not anyone, you know, I'm not blaming the UK at all. It's just, the, I mean, I just wish that the, they were scheduled closer together instead of, if anything, do it like, you know, I wish the UK, I wish the BBC played it like as it is in Australia and in um, Canada, do it the next day, you know, give stars the first day since if stars is paying the, the bulk of this, you know, for the show, you know, give them the, um, the right to show it first. And then, uh, um, and then it should go to the other overseas you know, especially the UK, because I think the UK's the BBC Worldwide is is um, paying the remainder. I, I don't think Canada or I mean, I'm sure they're buying licensing for it. You know, so in a sense, they're paying a little bit. But uh, especially since they're trying to make this Torchwood plot, you know, on a worldwide scale. I mean, one of the things that Torchwood has always been is that you know they've been domestic situations in before series three. We got a bit more of a threat in. Uh, in series three, this is supposed to be a global thing. They make great emphasis on the when they have the news readers on having news readers from different countries and and trying to yeah. give a sense of scale to it. Sure. Um, so. Well, I, I notice you know at the beginning of each show, our uh, there's like less people in our chat room and all that. So I don't know if that's um, also a reflection of the show itself. If the if, uh, if I know when I sent out reminders about the show about torture i get <laughs> invariably i get a few tweets back saying you know not speaking fondly of miracle day you know where um so i'm wondering you know since most of the people that have called in and chimed in have been um for the most part positive there, there's there have been some people that have been you know less than over thrilled about miracle day so but the thing is, um, uh, yeah. I, I guess if you turned off to Miracle Day and you're not watching it anymore, you're probably not listening to this show. So if I give a call out for those that that have been disappointed with Miracle Day to come in you know, to our show and, and speak, you know, and, and give your opinion, I don't know if you'll hear it if you're not listening. 
Well, to keep to the sort of puns or categories that we've already used, I mean, some people might say it's having a bit of a midlife crisis in these middle episodes. Um, this is the first episode where I have a few criticism, criticisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly enjoying it and, and eager to watch, but I don't think it has been a must-watch TV that I thought Series 3 was. Well, I agree. I said it last week that on... Um children of earth i was on the edge of my seat each day and i couldn't wait until the the following episode and you know even though you know i'm enjoying this as it goes it's i'm not on the edge of my seat and it's you know once it's over okay well i'll see the next episode next week but it's not like you know it it wasn't like it was with children of earth where it was really the the momentum was there and there was an energy there and and i think it goes back to maybe Perhaps what I was saying last week was that maybe telling one story, and if you will, you know, as a miniseries, you know, spanning ten episodes maybe wasn't the right choice. Maybe they should have done episodic stories with the overall story arc, linking it all, you know, building up to this overall story about Miracle Day. But each, you know, looking back to episode two. Um, at the time, I think I was. Um, I, I mean, I gave it a medium, you know, review. I think I gave it three or two and a half weevils, whatever. So it was the middle of the road I review I sort of gave it. But looking back at it, if it seemed to be um that if if any episode could be plucked out and kind of be washed on its own without seeing what came before or what what came after that, it probably might be that one. And if um if more of them were maybe episodic stories that told an overall story together but was still standalone, maybe it would work better than you know, ten episodes sort of dragging things out a bit because we're already. Well, well, one one, one way that you can perhaps get the idea that it's been slightly extended is that, um, for instance, the, the very beginning of this, they had like a thirty-second recap. If that, it didn't need more than thirty seconds to sum up the previous episode. Yeah. Well, before we go any further, let's give the the spoiler alert oh. because mm. people. Spoilers. Should know. Spoilers. Again. Spoilers. 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 All right. So anything after this point, beware. There may be spoilers. We're going to be talking about episode five of Torchwood Miracle Day, Categories of Life. Uh, you may, If you're a casual watcher of Torchwood, you may not know the episode title because, unfortunately, they don't include the titles in the episodes themselves. Oh, and I'm going to give a big spoiler now. You're all going to live. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, isn't isn't that a Doctor Who quote? <laughs> Everybody lives. <laughs> so uh, this is written by Jane Espison, who is also a co-executive producer of the series. It's directed by Guy Furland, and uh, one of the returning cast members of Torchwood is back again. Tom Price uh, reprises his role. As uh, PC Andy, uh, we also and have... you heard in that clip as well. Uh, they picked a great actress, even though it only seems a fairly brief thing, uh, to play um, uh, Gwen's mother, uh, playing Mary Cooper. When you first hear her talk, uh, I mean, obviously they both got the Welsh accent, mm-hmm. but uh, she looked every bit uh, how you would imagine Gwen's mother to be. Yeah, that's. Um... Was she in um, the first? Was it, was she in the first episode in the hospital scene when they first meet? Um, um, 
her I'm not father? Sure. Um, uh, but played by the actress Sharon Morgan. I can't, uh, uh, I'm looking on the wiki page. Um, oh, she yeah, she first appeared in the second uh, series episode, Something Borrowed, in 2008. So no, she was in the uh, the second series, mm -hmm. not the second episode of this series. I got you. So, and um, William Thomas plays his um, her father, and it's uh, I sort of he sort of reminds me, and I don't know if it's just a coincidence that they're both their surname is both Thomas, but I'm curious on whether or not he's uh, related to Gareth Thomas at all because he sort of has a Gareth Thomas look to him. I mean, uh, he reminds me a little bit of him, um, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, properly aged, of course. If you if you look at Gareth Thomas today and 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 William Thomas, who plays Gwen's father, there's a certain um, at least I see a certain similarity there. But it could be just a coincidence that they both, you know, last name. You know, yeah, is, is you Thomas. might need to just mention to some of our listeners uh, who who that actor played. Oh, Gareth right. Thomas played Blake's the lead character in Blake Seven. He was also he was also in Torchwood itself. I think Ghost Train, if I remember correctly. If, I'm not sure now. He was in a. I, I could be mistaken yes. about the episode title, but he was in he, a. He was the man who who, who was a young boy had yes. turned up the station and seen. Yeah. So he was in Blake's. He, he played the lead role in Blake Seven, though he wasn't. Well, I don't want to spoil the series at all, but um, so I'll just say he played the lead role in Blake Seven. He was also in. Um, I saw this clip that someone had put on Google Plus, and oh, now I can't remember the name of the show. But it was a series where it was a nineteen seven. It was a British um, series, a sci-fi series, and um, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. And it takes it. It was um, produced in the mid seventies, and it's um, about a a planet, an, an alien world where women are, um, you know, dominant, and it's um, and Gareth Thomas is in it. There's um, if I hear the title, I might remember it. But it's uh, I was watching this clip of it, and I had forgotten that he was in it. And all of a sudden, at the end of it, there he was. So it's something that, um, I need to check out at some point. It, but it's definitely it's very dated now. Looking at that clip, you know, it's it's very dated to like the mid seventies there. All right, so, um, but as I was saying before we went to the spoiler alert, that this is the fifth, uh, right now we're midway in this series of Torchwood Miracle Day. This concludes this, at the conclusion of this episode is episode five, means that we've got five more episodes to go, five episodes down. So we're really at the midpoint right now at the end of this episode. And honestly, I really thought we would be, we would progress we would have progressed a bit further in the story by now. Uh, we still don't know who is behind this. I know we know it's Ficor. It's yeah, it's Ficor that's behind it, but we don't know who's behind Ficor. We're getting a little hints about about it in this episode. Uh, Julie Kitzinger is um, confronted by I, I think the character is just simply named Blue Eyed Man in the end credits, who uh, tells Julie that she's being noticed by the right people, and we have to assume that the right people. I, at least that, my assumption was that it was the people behind FICOR, though I, I thought she was, in a sense, working for FICOR, so maybe it's not them, because wouldn't she be noticed anyway if, if she, you know, she's working for FICOR to get um, Oswald, you know, Danes as their spokesperson? So I don't know. It's just 
you would think by now there'll be some sort of face to FICOR, and there really isn't. You know, we heard a voice in the previous episode at the end of that, and that's about as far as we got, really, and we still don't know what's going on. This episode is really, the whole episode is really investigating the overflow camps and finding out what this module building is all about. And basically, that's well, what the, this whole episode was about. Uh, well, two things. First of all, was it Star Maidens that you were trying to think of? Yeah, Star the, Maidens. That's it. Yeah. Have you seen okay, it? Did you watch it? Do you know? No, are you familiar no, with I, it? I researched it while we're doing it, oh. but I thought Paul will be upset if he doesn't remember it. Yeah. The annoying <laughs> him. Um, but um, since we are doing about the UK version of this, uh, just jumping to the end when it goes on about coming up next week, there is another character there. I don't know if they're actually going to talk about. Um, you know, the trailer for next week. But the, the, it looks like next episode we might be meeting somebody more involved. But you're right, the, the, the chap who comes up to Julie Kissinger uh, and, and is the one who says, it doesn't matter who I am, just to say that you've been noticed. Um, uh, this is sort of the malevolent hand behind all that's happening beginning to reveal itself somewhat. Yeah, I, and if I... If I'm right about if that's the character, if the character's name is called the Blue-Eyed Man, I have to watch it again to see if he has blue-eyed. But I was just watching the end credits on the on the second viewing, and I saw that in the end credits, and I said, "All right, that must be that guy." That's uh, Teddy Sears plays um, that character, and I'm assuming we'll see more of him in uh, future episodes, or or at least people like him. So, uh, right. so the story opens up. They, Gwen is back in the UK, so we're finally getting, you know, after last week we were discussing how, at least I was talking how the series is mostly in the US and the only time we're in Wales is basically surrounding Gwen's father. I mean, it's still the case, but at least now Gwen is back in the UK and, and we see more um, screen time being devoted to uh, the UK and, and being in Wales. As I said, the whole episode is really about investigating these overflow camps. Gwen is doing that in the UK while in Los Angeles, the, the rest of the Torchwood is doing it there. And when I say the rest of the of Torchwood, that also includes Vera now because Vera is unofficially a member of Torchwood where, you know, Jack welcomes her aboard, though in the very next scene she's saying, well, I'm not a member of Torchwood, so I basically I can do whatever I want type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've grown... To- before we talk about how her character develops in this, mm-hmm. I, I thought she's been a really strong yes. character in this and uh, uh, has given a sort of moral centre in many ways to uh, some of the things that are happening uh, because uh, one of the, the whole points about this category of life is um, they need to do it so that they can then start making laws. Uh, basically, as, as Jack will say, um, uh, now they can categorize you, they can take whether you are alive or dead, uh, and once you are classified as dead, you then have no rights, which means you can be shoved around, pushed around, whatever, uh, and you have no comeback. You are not a citizen any longer. It's true, yeah. And, uh, you know, the worry is that they're giving too much power to these government... The, the, the governments of the of earth you know about defining what life is about you know where and then even once those definitions are established obviously mistakes are made and uh, you know people are being miscategorized i should remind yeah, everyone that, 
I, I, I'm sorry, Dave. Just I just want to remind everyone: if you yeah. want to call into the show, it's seven two four 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 seven four four four, and the ID number is eleven zero eight two five. So that's one one zero eight two five. We're going to be talking more about this. We're going to be reviewing more of, of this episode, and we're going to be taking your live feedback soon. So if you want to give a call in, please do. I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to step on your toes. I, I was going to say uh, well, I should I shouldn't just single out the. Um, uh, the Vera Jerez character, because there's a lot of strong uh, women in this uh, role models in this. It's uh, very evenly balanced. Obviously, we've got the Gwen Cooper character played by Eve Miles. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got the Esther Drummond character who starts off as the sort of weak link of the group. Um, for instance, there's a very telling and very uh, nice scene, I thought, where just when... Um, uh, Vera has, uh, has joined, you know, she's phoned Rex up. Uh, Jack's made her feel a bit uncomfortable saying, well, you know, we're a bit short of space and you have to share. And uh, there's a nice little nod as she comes back into the room where they're setting up all the computers and so on. Uh, you know, she just has a um, uh, an intimate moment with Rex touching his shoulder. That's all that's needed. I mean, we have had fairly strong sexual scenes in the past, but they're not running it down, you know, running it down our throats. Basically, all we need to know is that, you know, uh, they met in Rex's room, and then it jumps straight to her coming back into the room. Esther notices her appearance. She just touches Rex on the, Rex on the shoulder, and that's all that's needed to imply, you know, that um, the, their relationship is back on track. Uh, and then they're, they're going to hear, and, and Esther seems to be distracted and not really pulling away. Oh, I was just, uh, you know, Jack says, let's, let's find out what these character um, um, categories are. And I think when I finish talking, you might want to just remind our listeners of what the characters' uh, um, categories were. But um, she seems as though she's not up to the job. And then uh, after that, she says, this is what I've been researching. And she goes... Da, 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 you know, I've gone to the satellite, I've gone to NORAID, uh, I've overlaid this, I've overlaid that, and um, this is the, the buildings that they're hiding, thereby showing that in her particular field, once she's sat at the computer, she is very much an able member of the team. So two points I'm making there is that um, both uh, Vera and... Um, Esther are coming more to the fore, mm-hmm. and we've got three very strong women. And if you include, of course, um, the Jilly Kissinger, four very strong women in a cast of what only ten people, really. Yeah, and so it, I, I do like that. And there have been a lot of uh, female writers as well for the series too. So I think that also helps to um, give some strength to the to the women characters, which is which is great. I've been saying all along that I thought Arlene Turr, I believe, is the actress's name that plays Vera. The the, the we were introduced to Vera at the very beginning, you know, as a um, yeah, hospital Arlene staff too, yeah. person. Um, I thought she was. I thought from the very beginning that she should have been in the starring credits. You know, where she she seemed to be one of the major characters now because they had her, you know, as guest starring and um, you know, and I guess maybe. As we come to the end of this episode, we realize you know why that is. But I, I thought she was very strong. The actress is very strong, and the character was very strong. And it's um, well, I, I, we already gave the spoiler alert, so we're assuming that you've seen this episode already. So yeah. it's no surprise when I say it's a shame that 
you know, we lost her. Well, we assume we lost her because um, <laughs> we we have to assume, even though that death is is no longer that cremation is um, <laughs> by all and by all purposes is death. I guess. I mean, if you don't exist anymore, if if you're just ashes, I would imagine you you, you cease to be. <laughs> well, it, it very, very, very. Uh brings on this sort of final solution, quote-unquote, um, and uh, uh, ghastly. I mean, uh, I might comment a bit more about that towards the end of the show, but really, yeah. Um, but, of course, that's one of the things that Torchwood uh, can do. You know, it can take, make shocking things. I mean, uh, anybody remember Yanto? Yes. <laughs> so I think that's something, you know, nobody's safe. Even though we're in a story where nobody can die, nobody is safe either. And I think that alongside that, one of the things that why I think some people have thought it's going a little bit slow is that they're holding back on Captain Jack. They've, well, after that little clip with the ambulance, this might sound a bit funny, but they've emasculated him somewhat by, mm. you know, he's, he now can be injured and this, that and the other. Uh, and when there's the, the, the early on, there's the scene with uh, Captain Jack and uh, Esther on the beach, and Esther's asking, "Well, just where are you from?" And we think, "Oh, we're it's going to reveal a bit more about Captain Jack." They seem to be holding that back, maybe so he can, you know, show his true uh, abilities and depth of knowledge. Nobody at this point uh, in this storyline knows the knowledge that Captain Jack has, you know, of the future and uh, off-world things and so on. Basically, they think he's a um, slightly balmy chap who uh, has got this job in Torchwood and uh, apart from wearing a, you know, a rather swish coat and this funny uh, life monitor on his arm, he doesn't bring a lot to the table. Maybe he's the only one left in Torchwood, him and Gwen, because he wasn't much good. He was uh, not seen to be important. So they're very definitely playing down his while making the women seem very strong role models. And Rex, of course, to some extent, is also handicapped by his um, ongoing weakness. But that's another thing we learn and gets clarified today. Uh, Lewis, and I think uh, I was relieved for it was... Uh, and, and maybe you wanted to mention about these characters, but uh, categories rather, because uh, Rex says, well, I was category one, but now I'm healing and category two, which well, at least proves he is healing. But, okay. I, I do want to make a point, though, to what you were just saying before about Captain Jack, though. I think you're right. Yeah, they, they, they have he has been pretty much downgraded, it seems, in this series and not just by making him more human which I think they've done, you know, by giving them some frailties and weaknesses. But the character himself, the character itself doesn't seem to be as strong. And and also what you were just saying about, you know, not revealing his hand as far as where he's, you know, yeah. you know what he's seen and what he's done and all that and his abilities and all that. I don't know if that's something where it's they're doing that as part of the story or since they're trying to, you know, in a sense, introduce this to an American audience, if they're trying to play down the science fiction aspects of Torchwood, because it seems very much outside of this whole no one dies thing, there's very little, you know, and, and maybe the the contacts that they wear so that they could see, you know, um, that technology, there's very little science fiction on display in this series. We're already five episodes in and we don't really see much 
you know, even we spoke about um, last episode that they, they're no longer even speaking about any alien influences anymore, uh, though I still think that could play a part of it. I mean, I think that was um, part of what Torchwood's, um, um, you know, call to order was, was to investigate extraterrestrials. And, you know, they, they seem to touch upon it in episode one, but they haven't really since. So, um, but it seems like they're holding back deliberately trying to not you know trying to make the show more of a serious you know drama you know more of a horror thing than a um than a science fiction thing and i think they i don't know it it could just be no there are great pains to do that you're absolutely yeah. right in my mind anyway i mean they drove was it 2700 miles they didn't use his uh, time his vortex manipulator which i assume can move him in space mm-hmm. uh, as well as in time uh, he could have you know, all crossed hands and hopped and suddenly appeared on the beach. And, uh, you know, a wino on the beach think, what the hell was that? You know, what the heck was that? We don't swear on this show, do we, David? No. <laughs> um, well, except for last episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, Logan. Um, it has to drop off. Oh, no. Uh, Logan was, uh, was, would have dropped it, put himself in the queue, I'm sure. But um, he's a working man, of course, so. Again, we thank you, Logan, for being part of the show, and hopefully, Arthur can join us next week. Okay. Well, what we must do is uh, perhaps in later episodes, if people are only here for a limited time, if they put that in text, we can take that into account. Yeah, if that's the case, please do, and um, and obviously put yourself in the queue so we know that you know you want to uh, to chime in. Indeed. So, and uh, getting back to what you were saying about the categories, we should talk about yeah. that. The, the there's three categories that I guess the um, that the governments implement, which are categories one, two, and three. One is um, if you're basically if you're brain dead, and uh, you're assigned to uh, category one. I guess if, if you're not breathing, and and they, they assume that you're um, in a coma, or yeah, if you have no chance of recovery you know healing you're um in category one category two is if you have uh persistent injuries or diseases that linger on uh that's um and and you're not healing but you know those just continue on that's being managed by drugs yeah Yeah. that's category two and category three are those people that are, are I guess normal people, people who fully functioning, who, yeah. who do, who who you know will suffer injuries but will heal normally, and um, and that's category three. So, those are the three categories of life as defined by um, by the governments that were. I guess it was um, these um, the, the hospital, the, whatever bureau is working for the that that the yeah, you know, all those various committee meetings, yeah, yeah and they were collated, and they ca- but they didn't know. They thought they were trying to. Uh, come up with ways of dealing with the situation but it, it actually provided the framework work whereby which um, this categorization can go ahead there's obviously we, we're not one of the things that's been somewhat amazing is that we, you know we haven't seen the, the the president address the country or uh, Though he the, was mentioned the UK prime minister one of the newscasts that they they show these newscasts sort of like in the beginning of the episode to kind of fill you in on what's going on and one of the newscasters did make a mention that that the president made an address or made a statement or something, I don't remember exactly it wasn't significant but they they dropped the name, they didn't say the name of the president they just said the the president spoke to the nation blah 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 and 
but it, it was mentioned. So I thought of you when I heard, when I saw that. Yeah. So we are introduced to um, some um, some new characters. Obviously, the one that we mentioned before was this um, blue eyed person, which I'm assuming that's the the, the character that speaks to Julie Kissinger. And um, yeah, we also are introduced to Colin Maloney, who is played by Mark Van, who is a narrow minded, bigoted, sexist jerk <laughs> if you want <laughs> he was nasty wasn't he yeah. yeah which is interesting because you know usually they when there's villains in these type of shows they're you know megalomaniacs whatever here this is just a basically an ordinary um unlikable fellow who uh probably those that are like-minded you know you know that agree with his type of thinking probably you know would think of him as a you know a hero or whatever but you know, so it's um. I guess it's you know, on you know, depends on your point of view. I I thought his name was just a little caveat here. I thought his name when they were originally introduced him was Carl Maloney, and then I realized it was Colin, and I just thought it was a little odd because those um, I I, I didn't don't really think as um I don't think Colin's a very common name in the states. At least um the the ones that I have met, uh, you know, they're either they're British or they're. Or their um, their points of origin are outside of the U.S. So, just a little side note there doesn't really mean anything. So right. we're, we're we're introduced to him, and I and we saw this. Um, you know, you had we had mentioned before about Vera's predicament in this, and I saw sort of coming. You know, where she was getting all. You know, she's a bit high. You know, hot tempered, and um, yeah. And when I saw this military guy, that the, the, I guess his driver, follow him in into the building. That's when something. That's when the red flag for me was, you know, was raised, and I said, ah, oh, you know, this this doesn't seem good if he's kind of he's following in, and I didn't think, you know, so I kind of saw this coming, but I didn't think it was going to be Maloney himself that would would um, do it himself. You know, I thought he was going to order this military chap to um, to somehow do something to Vera. So I was kind of surprised, even though I knew it was Cummings, I was kind of surprised it was him himself that did it all. And that leads, I don't know if you want to play it now, but I think that... Yeah, let's play another clip. Oh, discovered. Yes, there are some heavy hitters lined up for today's Miracle Rally to raise money for the overflow camp. All right, we've got you on fourth in the running order. That's 90 minutes before the president. They want to clear blue water between you and him. Here is a first draft, what they want you to say. The key word is revelation. Why was this written out for me? I'd rather use my own words. My name is Colin Maloney, and I'm in charge here. Vera Juarez. Oh, welcome to Medical Lot 338, Vera. Let's get started. Yes. Uh, is a doctor on his way? I'm Dr. Vera Juarez. Oh, oh, I'm, I thought you were, uh... Anywho, I'm not disappointed. Did you bring the camera? All right. Now you need to categorize me. Get me in that red pig. Keep that, in case you need to change categories. Category one. There's no coming back. Don't say that. You're going to be fine. Wait. Oh, my God, Dad. I thought that was you. That's why I've come to get you, all right? Oh, Dad? Dad? I need some help, please. I need some help. Anyone over here? Please, I need some help. All right. This must be the module from inside. You treat the patients like... like objects. These people are still alive. I'm starting to think I'm in a refrigeration unit. I'm sorry, where are you going? I want to see inside. It's just storage. Every time I want to see anything, you turn me away. This is storage? It's a temporary measure. These are the ones without insurance. 
He's got a red peg, but he can't be. He's conscious. So we made a mistake. Hundreds of patients, one mistake. That's an excellent hit rate. But you made him category one. Do you realize what happens when you make somebody one? I think we should step outside. We're disturbing the patient. And America is in crisis. Times like this, somebody's got to take charge. And in this instance, it just happens to be me. Well, you think you're doing a good job? I'm under budget. You're supposed to spend the money. Oh, for God's sake. That's why a system like this is never going to work, because it's always going to be run by men like you. Oh, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Report me? Oh, I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to have you prosecuted. Oh, you're so full of it. You're going to be prosecuted for causing harm to those people in your care, and you will be found guilty as charged. I guarantee you're going to jail, you stupid little man. So you are going away forever! Yeah. And she's still saying it after she's yeah. been shot. And I'm sorry Graham isn't here, you know, because uh, uh, well, uh, Graham's a, a, a lovely man, but even he says, any who? <laughs> but yeah, he was a bit of a slimy character, this chap, but she was, you're right, she was so indignant, she wasn't thinking of her predicament. Uh, nobody knew where she was, she was undercover, and she was basically telling him, that she's going to put him away. I mean, yeah, which was a mistake. There, awkward. you shouldn't you shouldn't be carrying out threats without anyone you know to back you up behind you. You're all alone there. So I was just like, oh, don't you know? <laughs> Anytime a character says that, you know they're in for it because you just it's it was two against one there, you know, and you know, and, and obviously he was not a um, a level headed guy to begin with, you know. Even though he, well, I mean. It, as I said in the beginning, he's, he he has. Um, I think it was good character, though. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a good character, uh, not a likable yeah. character, because in any situation like this, and uh, you know where where you have uh, people thrust into power, and they they suddenly, uh, you know, they're they're basically small-minded men who suddenly get this enormous power, and and you know very well that they're going to be corrupted by it. I mean. Um, the way Torchwood is, it's a, a wonder he wasn't sort of uh, picking the best-looking girls for himself out of the blooming patients. I mean, he was a, a, we- oh, a real weirdo, yeah, really, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, and you know, and Vera is a very passionate person, and her, her passion just overcame her because she was um, outraged about what was going on there. And obviously, if you've seen this episode, you would know about the pegs. There, there were these. Um, I guess like these clothespin type of things, markers that were attached to patients to. Uh, to identify what category they were in, and red was category one. So there were people yeah, that were was, uh, mis- people that were going to be, well, in the, as we learn at the end of this episode, people that were going to be insinuated that were not category one, that that were uh, brain conscious and were, you know, in a sense, what we define as alive. It was a very militaristic-looking mash type of hospital, wasn't it? I mean, this yes. guy said he had to, uh, uh, you know, 50, he had to sort out fifty people every hour and categorise them into the thing. And uh, again, Esther showed, I thought, uh, another bit of initiative there. She she realises something wrong uh, with Vera. She also, when she realises that it's her job to. Uh, get um, Rex into the uh, the quarantine part but when he takes the blue peg off and puts the red peg on, it's her advice that he keeps the blue peg we don't know whether that's going to be important but you know, she's thinking you know, she's more mm-hmm. into the system than you thought Yes. and, and then of course we have this uh, Rex in this, what he calls a refrigeration room 
she smuggled. Oh, she smuggled the camera into him as well, hasn't she? So, um, uh, but unfortunately, he's doing a perimeter sweep uh, uh, at the time that uh, uh, Vera is getting um, getting shot, and uh, then they try to um, hide the body. Uh, this door banging, not gunshot, door banging. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to take a, a quick break, and then we're going to come back. You know, we're going to conclude our review here. We do want to hear from you. So, again, if you want to call in, if you're listening right now live to the show, it's 724-444-7444. And the call ID number is 110825. So that's 110825 is the call ID number that you'll need when you call in. You can also go to TalkShoe.com and you could join in our live chat room that takes place during the show. You know, if you want... You know, if, if this is going to be a, perhaps a trend where we're not going to get a lot of live callers, if you want to record something, you can uh, actually call, you, if you like, you can call the Dr. Hugh Pachak public call box and you can find that at the number there at pachak.net and just click on the feedback tab at the top there and you, you can record some feedback and, you know, we can't promise that we'll have it on the live show, but if um, if we don't have any live callers, we'll play it. So I, I do want to remind people about Audible. Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. They have over 85,000 titles to choose from, and that covers all different genres, including science fiction and fantasy, but not limited to that. They also have thrillers, business, and romance, and comedy, and so much more that they have. They, they basically cover, obviously, all different types of genres of, of audiobooks there. And they're compatible with iPhones and Kindles and Androids, and they're, they're compatible with 500 devices over 500 devices for your listening anytime, anywhere. And for you listeners of Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. And you can check it out, and if you decide it's not for you, you can still keep your free audiobook. So to download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash British Sci-Fi. That's all one word, no hyphens. So again, that's audibletrial.com slash British sci-fi, and you can download a free audiobook. And what we try to do is um, make a recommendation or a referral. And since we are doing, you know, we are reviewing the 10 episodes of Torchwood Miracle Day now, we've been recommending Torchwood titles. Last week, we did one which was a radio drama that was turned into an audiobook, which I thought was um, very good. And so I decided that we should recommend another one of that similar nature, which is Torchwood Lost Souls. And this is written by Joseph Litzter, and it includes in the cast John Barrowman, Eve Miles, Gareth David Lloyd, and Freemer Adjaman, who plays, reprises her role in Doctor Who, you know, where she played Martha, Martha, Martha Jones. So this is a little bit from Lost Souls. Torchwood. Outside the government, beyond the police. Fighting for the future on behalf of the human race. 21st centuries when everything changes. And Torchwood is ready. Stand back, everybody, get back! Hey! What do you think you're playing on? Chasing a weevil. Tall thing, leather skin, sharp teeth, terrible dress sense. Who the heck are you? Captain Jack Harkins, Torchwood. Gwen Cooper, we catch aliens. Yanta Jones, I mean to catch this one before. 
two carry on. Hello? Jack? Martha Jones. Suddenly outside a tacky nightclub. The voice of a nightingale. Where are you? Oh, you know, chasing a weevil around Cardiff Bay. It's a quiet night, really. Jack? I need you. Don't tell me you've finally seen the light and dumped that fiancé of yours. I'm on the first train to London. I'm not in London. I'm in Switzerland. Have you heard of CERN? Home of the famous particle accelerator? What are you doing there? There's a big thing here tomorrow. Lots of politicians, diplomats, unit covering security for it. Ooh, sounds like fun. Anyway, listen. A friend of mine works here, and when I arrived, she told me that people were going missing, and... Look, Jack, something really odd's happening. My friends disappeared. Please tell me you'll come. You know I will. Oh, and don't come in all guns blazing, yeah? Me bringing in Torchwood isn't going to make my bosses happy, but I need a fresh pair of eyes looking over things. Then, damn it, someone's coming. I've got to go. Martha? Where's the weevil? It's, uh, it went into the bay. Oh. Can weevils swim? Apparently not. Anyone for coffee? Right, coffee. Good idea. Then Torchwood's going to Switzerland. Ladies and gentlemen, we should be arriving in Geneva in about 30 minutes. Did I ever tell you about the time I flew from Venus to Mars? You should have seen that flight crew. All those hands, all those pincers. Yes, thank you, Jack. Anyway... I found out a few things about this particle physics lab. Over 10,000 people work there from 100 different countries. Martha said people were disappearing. Well, I certainly couldn't find any official record of any accidents or people disappearing. Just a lot of scientists all working on something called the LHC. The Large Hadron Collider. A thing of beauty. (laughs) Oh, I love what they're doing, pushing the boundaries of human knowledge. So what exactly are they trying to do with this collider thing? They're looking for the Higgs particle. The what? The fundamental particle of existence. And there you have it. A little bit of Lost Souls. It's a Torchwood title with um, the essential cast there of Torchwood that you heard in that clip there. And it could be yours or any title to choose from at from Audible. Once again, go to to get your download, to get your free audiobook, go to go to audibletrial.com slash British Sci-Fi. No hyphens in that. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash British Sci-Fi for your free audiobook. So yeah, Higgs boson, they should have said. Naughty people. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, pretty interesting listening to that clip. It's You could see some of the differences. Well, first of all, weevils are... This is back when torch, when weevils were infesting Cardiff, which seemed to... Uh, which is no longer seems to be the case anymore. It seems like they just silently went away. Uh, at least, well, it's not Torchwood's concern anymore because Torchwood doesn't exist officially anymore. So I guess they're just running amok. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the, they'll have to get the boiler suits from somewhere else now. <laughs> That's the the origin of our rating system. If you're new to um, to Torchwood, if you're just joining, you know, Torchwood with Miracle Day. You have no clue what we're talking about when we give our Weevil ratings, and that it, it goes back to the the beginnings of Torchwood. The first two series, the first two seasons, had uh, these characters that were Weevils that were sort of aliens that had made their homes in the basically in the underground of of um, Cardiff in, in Wales, and uh, they were sort of like infesting the city, and they didn't pose a real major threat. But Torchwood kind of kept them under control, sort of like. Um, 
pest controls, you know, <laughs> who were just um, locked them up and, um, you know, they, but that but again going back to like a limited going back to tortured miracle day again you can see the differences here where there's loads of science fiction references in that short clip that was just a few minutes long from lost souls compared to if any of the clips that we show you know that we um present here from miracle day you won't see that many um you won't hear that many science fiction references and i think that goes back to what we were saying that this sci-fi and tortured seems to have toned down a great deal so far from what we've been seeing. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, it's either that or they're trying to hold back, um, you know, what Captain Jack brings to the table for the, the you know, a two or three episode final build up to the story. Um, I, I don't want them to make it just um, that they're another organization of basically an X-Files or, um, you know, a, a, CSI type of thing. Uh, I do hope that uh, you know what Jack, Captain Jack brings to the to the role, um, you know, of Torchwood. That that does get a full, you know, bringing out because Rex doesn't really um, have that full respect for him. Uh, Esther, I think Esther's curious about Captain Jack. I mean, that little from the first clip where she kisses him she kisses him friendly on the cheek but she certainly feels as though there's more to captain jack than she she's uh, being told at the moment and she's curious to know but again a lot of things are being held back um the um the kissinger character uh, we're still not fully aware of whether she like in that clip uh, the blue-eyed man you're being spotted I, I thought she was actually deep, more deeply involved than that, not that she was working for masters that she didn't know. I thought she might actually be um, much more closely in bed with those. And um, who's the other character? The, the Oswald Dane character. We haven't really talked about Oswald Danes in this one. Because, yeah, we haven't yet. <clears throat> and I, I, I was slightly disappointed with this episode, even though you could argue this was probably one of the biggest budget episodes because we've got all these big uh, set pieces with the, the internment camps and uh, the one the one in Wales um, that Gwen goes to and all the people outside and the, that very very military man that that wouldn't let her pass thought he was rather good actually, um, mm. but um, I th- I'm wondering when this one was filmed in what sequence because the Oswald Danes character. Uh, um, you know, uh, played by Bill Pullman, he didn't quite seem to have a handle on his character in this particular one. Um, uh, the the part where he gets up to make this speech uh, seemed a bit tortuous to me. Yeah, the, the, um, the, the this. Well, I, first of all, I, just to get it out of the way, just a technical yeah. aspect of that scene annoyed me. This is a, just a little pet peeve on on the on the making of this episode was that. Um, the lighting is all wrong in that scene where he's up uh, at this rally making this speech. If you watch closely, the, there's no continuity of the lighting. First of all, if you ever, if, if you don't even have, if even if you've never been to any live event, when they have, you know, lights on you, you're kind of blown away. You're, you're as far as the lighting goes, you're you're all well lit and and lit up when spotlights are on you. Even if you watch a. Um, a political convention on television or anything that you, if anyone's up on at a podium making a speech they got lights on you and you're very well lit here he's 
when they show front on shots of him, he's in the he's backlit. He, his face is all dark, and um, it, it's it's a very backlit scenes. And then when they show shots of him from the rear, facing the crowd, the lights are on his face. And um, but then they cut to to forward shots again. He's backlit again. So the that was a little jarring, and also just didn't make sense because it just didn't seem real. He seemed like he was making a speech in a closet somewhere instead of a on stage in the spotlights, even though we do see him in front of the spotlights, we don't see the spotlights on him. So just a little technical thing there. Well, well I think one of, one of the things is that the, the Kissinger character says that he's got to try and get this word uh, revelation into the speech, and that's when the, the, the cycle, whatever it is, logo, logo come up, shows, comes up. up. But um, I did like that aspect of it, because obviously this is the key word that um, uh, is going to set in motion um, what we hear Gwen say, well, actually, it's Reese that tells Gwen, you know, there's a lot of people with burns here, um, and mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're dealing with a lot of burns people here. And that's obviously the key word, you know, for the quote unquote, this final solution to actually start. Uh, at the beginning of this episode, we'd had that midnight was going to be when these three categories came into force, and then we had people being moved, uh, and then. Um, that was why that young doctor said, you know, I've got to process these people very quickly and so on. Yeah. Um, and but, then this re- revelation seems to be a worldwide key word because we're assuming that this is being broadcast around the world. This Miracle Day rally, by the way, it, it's supposedly be to... Um, uh, it's um, the, the, the thing they're saying is it's to raise money for these camps. Um, but obviously, in fact, it's basically a, a world platform that the Psycor wants to use to get this code word out. But again, Oswald Danes seizes the moment and from somewhere he gets this inspiration to say, um, you know, that we're... Because he knows he will never get to heaven, this is his only chance of being uh, in heaven. Uh, and so he then comes up with this... You know, we are angels, um, which again links into the next clip. But that, that's where it goes from. We'll 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 play the next clip. But I but I think you're right that his character didn't seem to be as strong in this episode. We do see him getting irate when he finds out there's no room for him. There's no green room for him to kind of prepare in because not all the other big shots there didn't want him anywhere near. You know, his um, dressing room didn't. You know, so he didn't have one. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, the prime minister wants to be distanced from him, and so sorry, the yeah. president wants to be distanced and everything. Yeah. So yeah, so and then we see Captain Jack pursuing him, and it seems like you know he he wants to uh, you know he wants Oswald to say to reveal to, to make another revelation about about Psychor, and I guess what in the end what Oswald does is throws away both prepared speeches both, yeah, and, and then both. tries to combine a little of each in what he had to say and uh, without really saying exactly what neither one wanted him to say and um, makes it his own, you know, and, and basically that's it. But there's other elements that aren't represented here, like those um, those people with masks, um, that group that um, oh, yeah. they seem to have um, been forgotten. And... Also, I think with this whole miracle day happening, I think there would be a lot of like religious 
uh, fanaticism going on, you know, saying, you know, that there'll be groups that would be, you know, saying that this is, um, you know, the second coming is, is this is the onset of, you know, this is some sort of, you know, we really haven't seen much of that. Well, they missed uh, one little trick there. They, they, they had an interviewer uh, who, before Oswald Danes come on, talked to a, a young girl and said, you know, what are you expecting? And she says, oh, it's Oswald Danes. And she was, now they could have had her with a mask on. And the interviewer could say, well, you take your mask on cause, off because we want to hear what you have to say. And that could have just been a nice little continuity link to those, uh, you know, uh, deadies, the soulless people. Well, now, speaking of continuity, do you think the events that we're seeing here in Torchwood, Torchwood, for those that you may not know that, you, if, again, this is your, your first introduction to Torchwood as Miracle Day, is Torchwood is a spinoff of Doctor Who, which... Um, and and Torchwood itself, the name is a anagram. Is, it, is that the right word? Of Doctor Who. Yeah. Of Doctor Who. So, uh, but do we are we going to consider the events of Torchwood Miracle Day canon in Doctor Who? I mean, when um, whenever this, however this is resolved, will this has you know unless there's a big reset button at the end, and you know will this had happened in the Doctor Who universe or now has Torchwood spun off into its own universe? I mean, it's... Yeah, I think it has to. I mean, even the Children on Earth doesn't get any reference in Doctor Who, does it? There's no uh, 4, 5, 6 mentioned in, um, no, referred to in, no. in, um, in Doctor Who. So, yeah, I guess it, it has its own now, its own canon, its own universe, even though Captain Jack is, you know... Between is because Stephen Moffat, who's now the executive producer and lead writer for Doctor Who, for those that don't know that are listening, um, had mentioned that he would like to get John Merriman back into Doctor Who. You know, it's just that scheduling hasn't worked out, and so he's open to the idea. And so there's a good possibility that we might see Captain Jack, the character, return in Doctor Who. So, um, so we're going to have to assume that he's still going to be the the shared character. And and as we said before. Russell T. Davies has said that the creator and producer of Torchwood now, previously of Doctor Who, had said that Torchwood can go into Doctor Who, but Doctor Who can't go into Torchwood because, and, uh, yeah. because of the differences. I mean, Captain, uh, uh, sorry, John Barrowman has said he'd love to be in, the, in some small way in the 50th anniversary, yes. yeah. whatever, whatever event is decided. For 2013, there will be a 50th. Well, we don't know if it's going to be a, a special or if they're going to do a, a whole season or a series long th- or a, recognition a, a of the 50th version, yeah. yeah, you know, recognizing 50 years of Doctor Who, which takes place in 2013. So let, let, well, let's play the the last clip and then fine, we'll see fine, yeah. if there's any callers. And if not, we'll wrap things up. Hey, what is this place? You didn't see anything, okay? Colin. This is murder. No, it can't be. Don't you get that? It's a brand new world, Ralph. A world with no more death. Which means there is no more murder. Miss Kitzinger, just wanted to say you're doing a very good job. Thank you. And you are? Oh, this isn't about me. You're the one being noticed. By whom? The right people. All right. I've searched the perimeter. This place is sealed off. There are a total of three buildings in this module. But the capacity is small. There's no way in hell that they'll be able to accommodate all the Category 1 patients coming in. Jack Harkness. What happens afterwards, Oswald? When the fever dies down and the world wakes up to the fact that a murderer is standing center stage, those men are waiting for you in the dark. But what if 
you became a hero instead. FICOR knew about the miracle. They've been ready for years. That's the proof, all written down, ready for everyone to hear it. And what would I get out of it? End the miracle. Then you can die. The truth is, I know what I am. I know what you are, too. We are On my way back, they had me running patients to the burn centre. Burn centre? Yeah, that's what the driver said the module's for. Burns victims. All done now, though. We'll be there soon, OK? It's a built ovens. What does it mean? They built ovens all over the world. That's what the modules are, they're ovens. They're burning them. The patients, they're burning them alive. And I, jumping straight in there, I thought this was the first time, although I'd, I said I wasn't particularly keen on this episode, uh, that's the first time I really felt the vibe of Children of Earth coming here. You know, we've really gone to a dark place uh, in that last uh, five or ten minutes. And uh, uh, it, it really feels as though this is the cliffhanger. And uh, admittedly, this is, uh, what, part five? So we've got five mm-hmm. parts to come. I yeah. feel as though we've got... Um, Perhaps uh, one or two more episodes of, uh, uh, you know, what's the word, where they, where they lay the story out and then a, a push for the climax. Mm-hmm. I think at Comic-Con, um, Captain uh, I keep saying, uh, John, John Barrowman said that uh, uh, episode seven is the sort of really uh, his favorite episode where you know, the re- thing really takes off and then you're into the final eight, nine and ten big story so there's still a lot of promise there i just wonder if um you know some people have dropped off in the way looking at the uk viewing figures uh, they've been hovering around four and a half uh, 4.2 4.3 4.5 million so it's holding and as long as it holds above the four million mark mm-hmm. uh, i think it'll it'll pick up again as we get towards those last two or three so uh, I thought it was a little bit shaky in the middle of this, uh, very shattered about the the, um, the Vera character. We don't know totally if that's the end of it. Uh, I loved, well, not loved, but I thought it was really great that the, um, you know, Rex character, he can't bear to see, because he can't help her, but he, he holds the camera up because he knows the world must know. Yeah, he has, he has, he has to document yeah. it, even though he doesn't. He does, yeah. I think so, he looks away himself. I don't even think he can bear to watch it. But um, Yeah, I think that last 10 minutes really um, means it really picks up. But, um, so it was, I think it was a little bit patchy, this episode, but that, that really sold it, and uh, it really has taken us to a very dark place. Well, I think maybe that might, maybe that's a, maybe it's too dark. I mean, I, I know some mm-hmm. um, people have complained a little bit about that, that maybe uh, we had um, Ramon or two on our show a couple of episodes back. Mm-hmm. Sam had said that it was very dark and, you know, there is no, well, there's very little levity, levity in these episodes, you know, and um, 
you know, I, I don't know if it's just maybe it's just getting too oppressive. And I know with this episode, after it went out, there was a lot of, you know, rumblings in Twitter and whatever, you know, people that were reacting to to the even if they weren't spoiling it, they people were, you know, I you know, obviously what happens to Vera, you know, mm. um, surprise some people and maybe upset some people. I don't know, you know. Well, the point is, I think it was done to up the stakes, you know. Yeah, of course. You know, really, uh, I mean, because it's so easy to think at the beginning, so everybody lives, what's wrong with that? And then we're more and more, we're finding out all the the downsides of that, both for the world and even for individuals. I mean, I would hate to be a a person that's perhaps stuck in a wheelchair in real life and, and, you know... If you live a long, if you live a long time, maybe you think, well, that's great because in, even in twenty, thirty years, they may find a cure, stem cells, and I'll be able to walk or whatever. But there's no hope in this. The, these people, the, all the drugs they're talking yeah. about, well, even are just basically to Gwen's you know, father. Gwen's father, Garrett, Garrett Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that in him, where you know they, 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 she's Gwen is trying to rescue him from this uh, module, you know, getting him away from this um, mm. this camp, this overflow camp, and then he winds up having a heart attack again. So it seems like he's not healing. He's, I mean, he's going to be continuing. I mean, I mean, I, I, um, to my home, understanding, yeah. having a heart attack is not a pleasant thing, and it, it just seems like he's going to, if he's going to live, he's going to be, he's going to continue having these heart heart attacks. What kind of life is that? So that's and now he's been reclassified as category one. And that's how this episode ends with Gwen realizing that her father is now, you know, category one and is um, is on his way to to a module as far as we, we can understand. I, I should also make a note. I mentioned earlier about the, the actor that plays him. Um, I think it's uh, William Thomas. He uh, he's no... I, he he just may be familiar to me because he's no stranger to uh, to Doctor Who. He was actually in the 2005 episode in Doctor Boomtown episode of Doctor Who playing Mister Cleaver. And going back to um, Remembrance of the Daleks, he played a character named Martin in 1988 in Remembrance of the Daleks. Oh, right, excellent. Let's see. So we're at the end of episode five here, midway through. I hope that you know things will pick up and. You know, as you said, John Berman said that I guess episode seven is a pivotal episode for him. Yeah, well, as to say, uh, this always darkest before the dawn. So mm-hmm. we're assuming that we're in this long dark tunnel. We, we thought before that nothing could get, you know, more horrific or unsettling. Uh, this must be the nadir of the the the, the, the group. I mean. First of all, they don't. Well, there's only Rex that knows that she's died. Uh, Esther knows she was trying to ring her, and the phone yeah, just that's disconnected. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we have to perhaps, assume that she's assuming. Next, yeah, something next week would be wrong. really alarming. Maybe the Torchwood group will go away and lick the wounds, uh, and it will be that sort of an episode. Episode six, with episode seven being, you know, um, them saying, "Look." Um, the state's too big. We owe it to we owe it to her memory, you know, to keep fighting, and then they regain the spirit, and then they're gone. I mean, I'm no series writer, but that's the way I would do it. Well, I'm now I'm also worried about the <laughs> the Chili Kissinger character. Not uh, th- this might be a spoiler, though. I don't have any inside information. It's just an assumption now. Is that uh, since um, 
Arlene Turr, who played Vera, was a guest starring role, even though she's, I thought she was a starring character. So is Lauren Ambrose, who plays Jilly Kissinger. So now makes me think, well, maybe she's not going to be in the complete, you know, 10 episodes now. So, um, Mm. I don't know. <laughs> and what, one last thing is when um, Oswald Danes used the, he, he picked the word angel out. Funny how we, we again there was a couple of references to the devil in this one, wasn't there? I think was there. Yes, I'm sure one of the characters says uh, devil or evil or something. But anyway, I hope that they're not going to go into sort of mythological sense of that. But uh, I, I think basically it was Oswald. He was desperate to to rally the cause. He was trying to make himself back in centre stage. Uh, and it was a bit uncomfortable to watch that speech, as I said earlier. But um, uh, no matter what, he's kept himself in the game, uh, so he's secured his future. I think this was an awkward episode because it, it, it's like a, a tilting point of things. Although I, I was really sad and, and uh, talking on the wiki page of the reception, I mean, even even a couple of people right there writing that, um, you know, even though they would see the, the clues that Vera might be, uh, you know, putting her foot wrong there, it was still a very shocking end to her. I mean, she could recover from being shot in the leg. Yeah, well, that's that's what went through my mind when she was first shot. She was like, "Okay, it's just in the leg, so now she's going to be wearing crutches for the next foreseeable future." Yeah. And then, um, you know, he kept on firing her away, and I said, "Oh, that's not good. That's not good." <laughs> yeah. So I think would I think most people who've got this far watching this episode will probably think, "Well." I'm only going to give it one more episode, and there better be some light in the next one. Otherwise, it's just making, you know, I come home from work, uh, and I'm, you know, uh, wanting something to take my mind off work. I'm getting even more depressed. So I think there's got to be some turnaround next week. They're obviously going to start licking the wounds, but there's got to be some, uh, you know. I agree. Captain Jack's got to rally the troops. And and we need to um, find out more about what's behind, you know, this FICOR. You know, it's only it, we can only fight an invisible enemy for so long. You know, it's just well, maybe episode yeah. seven. E- even if the Torchwood characters don't find out, we as the viewers need to be let in on a little bit. I mean, last week it was you know the families will rise again or something like that. So we know it has something to do with families, whether they're. From Earth, I, yeah. also well, we we learned that it has to do with geography as well. That they were looking for the the right geography, and um, that was revealed last week as well. Well, the other thing is that in the, in in after the music, and there's a little bit of a hint of what's coming next week. Uh, and I left that out of the the clip for two reasons. One, because a lot of people will watch the episode, and I've often done it where I'll switch off before the next week bit comes on. The other thing is. I'm I'm not sure whether the American showing of this episode varied somewhat on that because I think previously on some episodes, you know, what's up next in America has only been what's coming up next in the next episode, where I think in the UK there's been things that have been showed for more than Mm -hmm. just the next episode. Uh, Without giving a clue what's said, there's one where we see a close-up of what appears to be Gwen talking directly to the camera, and yet that's not appeared in this episode. 
but it was shown before this episode. Mm. So perhaps yeah, they're probably showing. Let's not, not go there. They're, they're probably previewing previewing it as a series, not as what's coming up. When they said what's coming exactly. up next, meaning next in the series, not next episode. Which makes it slightly difficult for us. So the best thing is perhaps not to talk about that. And uh, I don't know if any of the guests in the room, we've got a few guests that stayed with us, thank you, uh, whether they want to put a Weevil ratings. I think I'm going to give this the lowest rating yet, a three, but maybe a four for the ending, how it ended that last few minutes. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to give it three and a half Weevils. And uh, it's um, possibly, as you said, maybe a, a hed- hedging on a four as well. The, uh, it, it still had, even though there were some UK scenes in it, it still still very much felt like an American televi- television series. There, there's um, some technical things that I guess I, what I've got under my skin as far as the the lighting goes, and that that whole that it just didn't seem believable. That whole scene at the rally thing just it just seemed very it just I wasn't buying it. Right, and just as we wait to see if any of the guests want to put a Weevil rating between one and five, uh, Robert's come in. I don't know whether uh, that's too late for you, Lewis, but uh, it's nice to see Robert. He, he joined us last week. Hello, Robert. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Lewis. Hi, Dave. Yeah, I wanted to come in real quick. I'm not going to be very long because I know you're getting ready to... Well, just to wrapping things up. You made it just in time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm doing some editing from my show from last night, so that's why. I'm running a little bit late today, but um, I thank you for taking the time to put me on today. Well, obviously, because, you, you uh, haven't heard what we had said so far, so um, I guess... So it'll be you, probably you, rubbish, you'll say. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want to hear it. Perhaps better to be uncluttered by what we said. Yeah, I call this the concentration camp episode with what went on um, and the very surprising um, what happened at the end, but very reminiscent of Children of the Earth, where, um, you know, last week we discussed the differences with season one, two, and and three, and we had a character in Children of Earth that we thought was going to be, you know, Torchwood employee, and we all know what happens to Torchwood employees, they don't get to live for very long, and from Children of Earth, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. I mean, we already spoke about it. So, if uh, you know, we, um, you know, Vera joins Torchwood unofficially in this episode, and then doesn't last too long. <laughs> no, but at, at least they're getting some um, stuff videotaped to um, give proof to people about what's going on behind the scenes. So maybe that'll succeed in getting their point across. And, and here again with Captain Jack. He's kind of in a a secondary role, and the the confusing part about this is, you know, Jack has always had the lead, and we know the the alpha male fight with um, him and Rex. Now that Rex seems to to be on top, and and in this um, episode, Jack kind of takes a backseat, and especially where. You know, Vera joins the team, says she's torched with Den, turns around. And her and Esther's got this thing set up, and then she says she's not Torchwood. So, you know, it was kind of confusing on that part. Why didn't Jack stop her or, or, or say something? You know, he, he seems to be in, uh, you know, he goes on his own and does his own little things, it seems like, so far in this series. 
Yeah, well, um, you weren't here when we spoke about it earlier, but we did speak upon that, you know, where he's very much um, has been diminished in this series, you know, compared to the last uh, two, three series that we saw him, you know, playing very much a lead character and, and a commanding role where that seems to be squelched a bit here. And hopefully um, we're at the midway point now, and I thought we'd be further along into the story now where than we are right now. And hopefully the next half of this series, we'll see him maybe build some momentum and, and get back to um, the Captain Jack that we know. You know, I know they, they're, they're trying to human, you know, humanize him more by, um, you know, making him mortal and, um, you know, having frailties and which is fine. But we still he still needs to be that strong character that that we knew from the last three series. Mm-hmm. So now, we also got the eyewear in this episode, don't we? The eyewear? Yeah. Has that been introduced yet in this one? No. Uh, they, they used it in an earlier episode. You're, you're talking about the, the contacts? Uses, you mean. Right. Contact yeah, because, yeah, I've been watching season two, and I just got done this morning watching Reset. And Reset ah. is the introduction of Martha. Because she appears in a, a few of the Torchwood episodes, and then we get the introduction of the eyewear yeah. in that yeah. episode. Yeah, that, that was so, – we've seen that earlier on in this series, you know, where – yeah. um, and in fact, that's really the, the only sci-fi tech that we see from Torchwood so far has been that. And that was another comment that we spoke about earlier that so far in Miracle Day, they seems to they, they seem to be deliberately – downplaying the science fiction elements of Torchwood and just making it more of a um, a flat-out drama. Yeah, Go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. I was, no, my fault. I apologize. Uh, they've got the um, the software, the Torchwood software, that can break through encrypted systems and things that Esther is uh, making full use of. But you're right, the actual science fiction-y things seem to be... Uh, and we think that they're holding back with Captain Jack uh, for later. I mean, neither... Uh, Lewis or I have seen the next episode. We're certainly not talking about it here. So um, maybe maybe you know something that we don't. But we're trying not to speculate other right. than yep. mention that we're, we're, we're thinking that this very dark ending to this one um, is now ready to move us on an upward curve as um, after they lick the wounds over this loss, that they'll then move forward. But... Um, for, for Lewis and myself to say anything more, probably would be just repeating ourselves. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty much becoming a, a sequel to Children of Earth. It's very much the political drama we're getting with this one as with Children of Earth. We know what the tie-in is with that one. Maybe there'll be a similar tie-in with this one, but it seems to be running along that same line. Uh, we're not going back to Season 1 or Season 2, but we seem to be taking off from season three onto what we got right now. But like I said, right now is this film more of a political drama and maybe, I mean, you know, children of earth was political drama, but we had, you know, the alien sense through in on that one. And that's the thing with torch. we always had the alien connection and that, that was the whole purpose, you know, had Jack open up each of the, and I do kind of miss that where, mm-hmm. you know, you get, you know, Jack opening up, you know, well, here, I got a, a sample of what I'm trying to talk about here, and this is what Jack would usually do. Torchwood. 
outside the government, beyond the police. Fighting for the future on behalf of the human race. The 21st century is when everything changes. And Torchwood is ready. And see, that's what I miss. I yeah. always miss that. You know, we played a, we, season one, season two. We played a, uh, a clip from an audiobook earlier in this episode that had that in it. So uh, that's something that I think I mentioned in last week's episode, too, that I, I sort of missed that in the opening credits, too. But I, I think that's also part of why part of them suppressing the science fiction elements of it. You know, also, you know, where in the first two series, we were always constantly reminded of an alien presence, even though they weren't strong characters. The Weevils were always around to re- to remind us that, um, you know, that there are aliens among us. And, you know, and, and also you would always see like a little cameo of an alien or or something of that nature in Torchwood. And, and now, again, it just seems like they're suppressing that and it's just no longer the case. It's more your typical, well, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but it, it seems more of a, a typical American t- television series with um, some Torchwood sprinkled on it. Well, uh, well, slightly science fiction. I am getting a little bit of a sort of a Quatermass vibe to it as well. Uh, if anybody remembers the very old uh, mm. BBC series, Quatermass, the Quatermass in the Pit and the other ones. Yeah, where, Graham's you know, review down his show, yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I think we need to know who is behind Psychor now. We need to know more about that. We're facing an invisible enemy, and it's, we're halfway through it, and it's sort of... Um, I, th- I think some people are getting restless and, you know, it, it may be similar to uh, the original Star Trek film where, you know, it, you don't know who they were fighting until the very end. And, you know, and, and when V'ger is um, sort of explained. So it's, it's sort of right. sort of like that where we just seem to be lost, you know, in this, you know, well, what's this all about? What's this all about? And it's slowly getting spoon fed some information. But uh, we're already halfway through it and we still don't know very much more than we did at the very beginning. Well, kind of meal piecing it out, yeah, bit by bit, too. Yeah. So where And here again, like I said, this is a 10-story, I mean, this is a story broken into 10 parts, and you're trying to, you know, like with Children of Earth, you only had five this time, and we talked about that last week, yeah. we have 10 we're trying to stretch out. But I give it three out of five, Weevils. Okay. You guys okay. pretty much covered what I... Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, I know it's kind of but, you came in at the end, so you really didn't hear what we had to say before. But um, I appreciate you coming on, though. It's good to hear. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lewis and Dave. Cheers, and mm-hmm. hopefully, come yeah. back next week and talk with you about next week's episode. Yeah, and just more on that, not a spoiler, of course, just say that next week's episode is called The Middleman. Yes, mm. all right. Well, thanks, thank you, Robert. Cheers, thank you, guys. Cheers, cheers. Bye. And as Dave said, it's uh, we're going to be reviewing the Middlemen, which, as again, neither Dave or I have seen, but as the name implies, it's probably going to center around the Middlemen, and we're still not going to find out who who's behind Fi, uh, FICOR. So, but we are reviewing it next week at Sunday at the same time, 4 p.m. This is going to be the last time that Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi will be at the 4 p.m. slot because then after that, I think is the 20. Next week is what the the 20th. Right? I'm not looking at a calendar. Uh, maybe yeah, the, 21st. the 21st. 21st. So then the week after that is the 28th, and Doctor Pachak will be in this time slot at 4 p.m. reviewing uh, Let's Kill Hitler, which is the first episode of the second half of this 2011 series. So we'll be reviewing that. And then at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, we'll be back 
on you know with Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi, reviewing episode seven, I believe that that would be. So yes, yeah. and we'll find out if John Barrowman's right about episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we need to find out about episode six, which was already shown on Stars yesterday. No, Friday. Days are all blending into each other. Yeah, indeed. All right, so until next time, I, I guess that's it. Any, unless you have any other final thoughts, Dave? No, I think we, we've talked long enough. Thank you for listening to our voices, everybody. And uh, if you feel as though you want some different voices, well, please come online. And also remind everyone that you can listen to Dave. Uh, they've been reviewing the Harry, the Harry Potter films on the Coltham Collective, and I believe... If I'm not mistaken, you might have just finished the series of Harry Potter yes, films up now. We've just done that. We've just done our third and final, covering the last two years, the last three films. Uh, so um, next week we're going to be doing uh, two p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, five four eight two one. We're doing a, a series, Torchwood mid-season review, before we also move on to Doctor Who for the next number of weeks. So catch the Cultum Collective on also on on TalkShoe and on iTunes. Indeed. So thank you again, Dave. Thanks for the clips and thanks for co-hosting the show with me. And I'm really delighted to have you on board, as always. Loved it. All right. So until next time, cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. You can send feedback to feedback at Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi dot com. To support this podcast, please visit arttrap.com and clip on, click on the donate button. It's the only way we can bring you this show. Also, visit the shop there to get your Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi swag, which includes shirts, mugs, and assorted trinkets with the show's logo. If you're not already a listener, please listen to Doctor Who Podchock at podchock.net. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions. Please visit arttrap.com for more on this and other podcasts.